0: I'm Clyde Lewis. You're about to listen to a sample of today's Ground Zero show. I'm Clyde Lewis, and this is Ground Zero. The numbers to call tonight, 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. I hope everyone's having a fine night tonight. It's actually warming up. And I'm liking that. I don't know where it is, how it is in your part of the country, but in our part of the country where it's been cold the last two weeks, it's getting warmer. Hearing that restrictions are being lifted in Texas. No masks. Opening businesses. Although people are still kind of panicking, saying, no, I'm not going to go out, I'm not going to do this. It's kind of stupid. I mean, removing the mask without getting the go-ahead from somebody. Maybe, I guess, Bill Gates needs to make a statement or someone, or Fauci. Um... So, last night I came home and, you know, looking for something to watch. I watched Debris last night. I don't know if you guys caught it. We may comment on it later on in another show. Um, it looks like it's done by a British – it looked like a British TV show. Uh, kind of like, you know, how these British – I know that the guys who made Fringe, one of my favorite TV shows, are behind this, except for J.J. J. Abrams. He's not involved. But uh, I know that uh, the guys who uh, developed the show Fringe developed Debris. And it's kind of an extraterrestrial, you know, pieces of the puzzle type show. And I hope it gets better because I thought it dragged last night. It was kind of boring. And uh, I'm hoping it gets better because it, it, it looks like it has potential. So I put it in my queue to be recorded. And uh, then I'll have something else to watch on a Monday night. Anyway, I also noticed in my queue uh, HBO Max. I have HBO Max because I wanted to get it for Wonder Woman. And, and uh, of course, a lot of the shows, a lot of the movies that have been released, that could be released in theaters, and now being released on HBO Max. So I figured... Janine and I really love movies, and so we'd have that available. But I noticed that Bill Maher, uh, he's had a talk show on HBO for some time. I haven't really paid attention to it, but Bill Maher's talk show was in my queue. And so I thought, eh, why not? I'll watch it. I've always liked the wit and cynicism of Maher. And, and even though many will say he's too liberal in the room, uh, he does from time to time have a moment where he, he sounds balanced and informative, kind of like thinking the way I think in a lot of ways. Um, so I was going through, and I saw Megan Kelly was on the in the queue for the guest, and, and I like Megan Kelly. Um, I think she got a bad rap from Fox, but she's away from Fox, and now she can be her own person and not have to comply to certain rules and regulations. She can talk openly about how she feels. And um, Kelly comes on. I'm watching the show. She's complaining about how the way her children, the private schools, the pricey private schools she sends her kids to, In New York, she says, well, they're indoctrinating my kids with pro-transgender values and anti-white animus, she says. And Bill Maher, to his credit, agreed with Kelly that matters are getting seriously out of hand, at least when it comes to, well, white hatred or anti-white hatred, all these things that are becoming the norm in the education system. And what was even more surprising was the loud applause that his audience gave him after he made his statements about this and how strange it is when a liberal audience enthusiastically cheers on a liberal talk show host that for a moment goes off script and shows his disdain for extremists that he claims make him sound more like Tucker Carlson. I want to play you that interview in its entirety. Listen to this.
1: Okay, so I want to talk to you about the schools because I really just wanted you back here because I read this, that you took your kids out of the school in New York, and I have been hearing anecdotally very much the same thing for many parents. You know, yep. um, parents confide in me, I guess, because I don't have kids. It usually starts with, you're so lucky you don't have kids. <laughs> and then I <laughs> hear about their problems. But just tell us be- why, basically, you did this.
2: Yeah. Well, we loved our schools. Uh, we were in the New York City private school system. Our boys went to an all-boys school and our daughter to an all-girls school. Our teachers loved the, you know, students and the faculty and the parents, and they were definitely leftists. You know, I mean, we're more center-right, but that was fine. You know, my, my whole family are Democrats. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I was bothered by the fact that they leaned a bit left. But then they went hard left. Then they started to take a really hard turn towards social justice stuff. And at our boys' school in particular, it started with when our son was in third grade, they unleashed a three-week experimental trans-education program on these eight- and nine-year-old boys. And it wasn't about support. It was about... we felt like it was more about trying to convince them, like, come on over. And the boys started to get confused, and they had to implement this system where they raised their hand, if you're really confused, put up a one. If you're just a little confused, too.
1: How old are they now?
2: They were eight and nine at the time. And we objected, and, and so did a lot of other parents to the point where the school had to apologize for that one, which they very rarely did. Then our kindergartner was told to write a letter to the Cleveland Indians objecting to their mascot. Now, he's six. Like, can he learn how to spell Cleveland before we, you know, activate him? He lives in New York City. We got buses, we got subways, we got crime. He's got things to worry about other than social activism. And if he's going to be activated... Doug and I should do it. Not not a kindergarten teacher didn't run by us. And this is
1: what I've heard from parents, and these are all liberal, by the way, people of course, who say, it, on this, "My kids are not ready to be told they're white supremacists.
2: That's right. And, and this, I, I'm
1: not ready to be told that. Can I tell that. you, Bill, on you know,
2: this, this, We're not we're not left and right. We're not black and white. We're not, it's this is a this is a question but, of reason and unreason.
1: But uh, you talked about this letter that the school put out. So
2: this is on the racist.
1: Can I read some of the things that are from this letter, yep. unless people think I'm losing my mind? Um, this is in the... this is a there's a killer cop sitting in every school where white children learn. White children are left unchecked and unbothered in their homes, one sentence starts. Well, how old do you have to be before you can just be unchecked and unbothered? Right. You know, what what age do you get bothered? Uh, I'm tired of white people reveling in their state-sanctioned depravity, snuffing out black life with no consequences. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, go reform white kids. You know... I, it bothers me so much that I have to be on this side of this issue. Yeah. Because I've always been a civil rights advocate.
2: Yep.
1: You know, and and, and don't make me Tucker Carlson. <laughs> You're the nuts. This is insane. Yep. Uh, as black bodies drop like flies around us by violent white hands, there is racist problems in this country. But this is hyperbole, mm-hmm. and this is making people crazy.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, and, and and children, what is I mean? This is not the way we get to the promised land.
2: Absolutely not. It's divisive. It's racist. And it's having exactly the opposite effect of the one they intend. And it is not that all the black people in our school or other schools are in favor of this kind of talk. My friend Coleman Hughes, who's 24, he's a liberal, he's a Biden voter, you know, Coleman. He's been speaking out about this as a black man saying, how dare you presume to know how I feel? To try to, I mean, it's pejorative to him. Like, The the whites are the ones who understand, who are arrogant and in control and work hard, right? These are all the terms now associated with white supremacy. And then the white people feel, feel bad and feel judged because they're told they're white supremacists because of a pigmentation over which they have no control. It's so divisive and counterproductive. And it wasn't just our school in New York. And it's not just New York. I mean, all over New York, New York privates, New York publics, there was no place to move them in New York to get away from this. So it wasn't just our school. There's a a public school on the Upper East Side of Manhattan that just got in the news because they gave out this panoply of eight categories into which all white people fall. And on the one end is white supremacist, and on the other end is... um, it was white traitor, basically, um, white abolitionist. And they're really encouraging you to be more of a white traitor. It's like everybody gets divided into oppressed or oppressor, right, on racial identity, on sexual identity. Cupertino, California, they, they did the same thing. They took eight and nine-year-olds and made them uh, deconstruct their, their racial and sexual identity to figure out whether they were an oppressor or the oppressed. Eight-year-olds, right? I mean, this is really damaging, and as you get older, what the studies show is these sort of implicit biased ed- education uh, efforts bring out racism. So if somebody's having racist thoughts in the back of their head, it brings it to the frontal lobe. And, and more people act on their latent racism than they otherwise would have. And so there you
0: have it. it, it it's a Bill Maher show that he has on HBO. And most of his audience, of course, is liberal. Uh, he's, he's a liberal speaker. He's a liberal pundit. But he's saying, "I have to kind of, you know, stop a minute and say this is ludicrous. You know, I can't side with extremist liberals on this on this issue. And see, that's where I, I find myself being a neutral guy, who's trying to be neutral. I see stupidity. I see I see this cancel culture, and I and I and I fear what it might lead to. I, what it's already led to, actually. I mean, sure, there are racist problems in this country." But when they spin the hyperbole and then that hyperbole turns into cancel, bully, censor, shutdown, I tend to get a little crazy and say to myself, look, back when I used to say this was not good, I get people telling me, well, obviously now we know who pays your bills. Well, no. I pay my own bills. The listeners pay the bills. Advertisers pay the bills. Nobody tells me how to think or or nobody nobody is uh, pushing an agenda here. I mean, and, and when you look at you know how Mar and Megyn Kelly were saying that it's up to the parents to activate kids, not the school system, and and I think the reaction from Mar's audience is telling us that the American people are finally ready to rein in this 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 cancel culture that I don't think even uh, most right thinking liberals don't identify with. After all, a leftist audience realized, as Kelly and Maher did, that the left's anti-white racism is going to destroy America. And now that COVID restrictions are dropping, and kids are being encouraged to go back to school, what's going to happen now? I had a discussion with uh, my my stepson about this, and I'll, I'll share with you what we talked about. Coming up on Ground Zero, 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. I'm Clegg Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero. And we'll be back. I'm Clegg Lewis, and you've just listened to a segment of Ground Zero. In order to access the complete archive shows and podcasts, you must sign up on our secured server at aftermath.media. It's only $4.99 a month for the archive shows and podcasts. Or if you want access to the Ground Zero online library, which includes videos, audio clips, ebooks, documents, a social media platform, plus the archive shows and podcasts, it's $9.99 a month. Again, that's aftermath.media. That's aftermath.media. Thanks for supporting Ground Zero.